Welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Ollie. And I'm Liam. And if we've got any new listeners out there, or if perhaps you're not aware, although you should be by now, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about and we give ourselves a week just to read and research all about it. With the idea being that we then share what we feel are the most important pieces of information with you, our listeners. Yes, that is what we do. And so everybody knows we are not experts in anything that we talk about on the podcast. This is just a summary of our findings. Hopefully, by sharing some knowledge with you, we can all learn a little bit more about a whole lot of things. Exactly. So let's get on with this week's topic, which is... Drum roll. And the Oscar goes to... The Oscars! All right, Ollie. This week it's the Oscars. We always start with something very similar. What on earth did you know about the Oscars before we started this week? Aside from the fact it's a big gold statue. Next to nothing. Absolutely next to nothing. I'm terrible with films anyway. I can remember the number of films that I've watched probably on one hand, and I'm not really into <laughs> that much. Like where you've told me before, like where we've done a topic, you're like, I know nothing about this. That is exactly what I felt getting into this topic this week around the film industry and the Oscars. Um, so yeah, new next to nothing, a gold statue. How about yourself? No, I didn't know anything either. And I've just realised that last week I said I went to a party at your house dressed as a Lego man. And I've just realised I also went to one at your house dressed as an Oscar, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you did. Um, you definitely put well, that one up on the uh, on the Instagram for everyone to yeah. have a look at. You, you had you had a party for your birthday where everyone had to go something just beginning with O. So I went as an Oscar. And that's about all I know. I wore a big <laughs> gold morph suit and I had a sword. <laughs> that's the extent of my life. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I do watch a lot of films. And, you know, I understand that winning an Oscar is a big deal. Having Oscar winning or nominated actors in your film tends to make it a bit more, in, I don't know, gives it a bit more buzz, doesn't it? Um, mm-hmm. A bit more prestige. But, no, I mean, I, I had no idea definitely a big deal isn't it it's a massive deal and it's i've been summarized in the most easiest form it's just it's just an awards ceremony but it's massive it's you know it's where hollywood's greatest stars they attend this awards ceremony it's one of the most watched ceremonies in the world but i've got absolutely no idea how or why it started yeah it's ridiculous like in 1998 i read that 57 million people tuned in to watch it yeah, that's a big deal, isn't it? 57 million. Like, that's 98. I've got some more recent times, sort of, in the... 2014 was, like, 43 million. Like, they ain't messing around. This isn't little little um, viewing figures, is it? This is big time. What were you telling me about how expensive it was for an advert? It's a bit like the Super Bowl, isn't it? Yeah, it did get like that. So I was reading in 2007 to get a single advert slot between the the Oscars when it was being shown was $1.6 million. So yeah, it's a it's a big old deal. And just just so people know, so it is this is an award ceremony that happens in Hollywood, which is in Los Angeles on the west coast of America. And we're actually in Oscars season now, aren't we? Yeah, it's we've timed this to perfection. We thought we'd do the Oscars. Well, let's try and actually do it near the Oscars. So hopefully. Um, you'll all learn a little bit and then maybe try and watch the ceremony, which they're trying to get it down to like under three hours, aren't they? But like, I think it's been a lot longer than that in the past. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Should we go back? Let's go back in time, shall we? Let's like, we try and um, 
just give it a little bit of a timeline about when it first started. It's nearly 100 years old, isn't it? About 1927? Yeah. yeah, that's right. So what happened was there was something called the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences that was incorporated in 1927. And there was a, a dinner that would be held at the Crystal Ballroom of the Baltimore Hotel in Los Angeles. And it was where they decided that they would just discuss the views of the, the film industry. Yeah, they wanted to they wanted to promote the film industry, didn't they? They wanted to um, you know, help it, you know, improve its image and, and things like that, and decided that an award ceremony, giving out awards to people, is probably the way to go. Um yeah. but yeah, that was it. It, it took took a couple of years, didn't it, before they actually the awards happened. Yeah, so you said, um, you know, a minute ago, it's the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. And I think a lot of people will have will have heard of it as the Academy Awards. Yes. And that's where it comes from. So this Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, it still exists today. And that is the Academy, as we think of it. Um, and for a long time, it was called the Academy Awards. And we'll get on to the Oscars in, in a minute, I think. Um, but yeah, they basically set up the company to, um, to promote the film industry. Yes. Yeah. One of the things is, is that they then said they wanted to honour outstanding achievements and encourage higher levels of quality in all facets of the film production industry. And so it was this banquet and a, a, an award ceremony actually came out of this and it started on May the 16th in 1929. And then this then moved. It was the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. And it was a quite a small, intimate ceremony, that first one, wasn't it? Yeah, there's only 270 people. The, the people that won that night, 1929, they knew early, didn't they? They knew three months beforehand. But pretty much since then, they've kept the results secret, you know, like they do now. And, and then it, basically, it was a pretty big deal pretty quickly because they, they ended up, you know, it became a radio thing. You know, back then, obviously, it's all over the radio pretty much immediately, 1930. And then it sort of went from there. So the, the person who came up with the idea of creating these awards was a chap called Louis B. Mayer. And he was a really prominent studio executive at the time. He then went on to then create MGM. Um, they've got a bit of a famous mascot, haven't they? Rawr. The lion. Yeah, that's right. What does MGM stand for? That was in one of our quizzes. Do you know? Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember what that is. Metro Goldwyn Mayer. Yeah, that was it. Uh, Metro anyway. Goldwyn Mayer. So yeah, like, so Mayer, like Mayer version, yeah. he was the person who set up the, the Academy Awards. And part of the reason of doing it is because he said that the, the best way to try and manage and control people within the industry was to cover them with awards. So he thought yeah. that then by, you know, people getting awards for things, they'd be more likely to then want to work with him again, or, you know, he, they'd be able to then go on and make further films that he would then want them to make as part of MGM. So that was partly the reason why it all came about. Yeah, so the first sort of 10 years or so, they started putting in more awards, um, supporting actors, actresses, documentaries, things like that. And then 1944, just coming forward to maybe 15 years or so, that's when it was first held in the, I can, what's it called? Grauman's Chinese Theatre? I don't know how you say it. Grumans? What's it called? I thought it was Mans. Gra yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it must be short for, for Growl Man. I don't know how you say it. And now you've said it, I realise it's Man's Chinese Theatre. Yeah, that's it. 
it's obviously maybe we should look into this. I don't know how you pronounce that word. Gra- Grauman, G R A U M A N. Yeah, it got bigger and bigger. So that they needed to move and actually start holding it in big old theatres. So we're talking about it went from 270 guests to thousands of people then attending it. And it's been held in theatres and big venues ever since. But the first one was televised in 1953. And they had a, a pretty famous person. Um, even I've heard of this person, Bob Hope. Bob Hope was the person who, te- who was the host of the first televised Oscars. And he went on to host it 19 times. And it carried on growing and growing, as we say. It went on, it grew to have 55 million people watching it in 1998 and something that's watched all around the world. It's enormous. So, so it, it, right, uh, we haven't actually mentioned Oscar, <laughs> as in, so these are, these are, these until quite recently actually were called the Academy Awards, right? And the Academy Award for Best Director goes to or whatever. Have we got any idea why they're called an Oscars? What is the Oscar? Like, that was one of the first, that was probably the first thing I Googled. Why on earth are they called the Oscars? And this could be a takeaway of its own. Okay. You go onto the Oscars website. I think it's called, I think it's theoscars.org or something like that. And Ollie, you can tell everybody. Do we have any idea why it's called the Oscars? No. We don't know why it's called the Oscars. Not even they know. <laughs> it's their thing. They didn't even know why it's called it. <laughs> Like we're saying, where it's only a hundred years ago where this came about. It's not like we're talking about back in the pharaoh's time in Egypt and stuff where things could have yeah. easily gone missing or whatever. But no, even the the official Oscars aren't really sure why it's called the Oscars. There's a couple of theories though, isn't there? Yeah. So on the Oscars website, I'm going with this. They they go with the more popular story, which is about. When they had an academy librarian, so they've got this academy, they had a librarian who eventually became their executive director called Margaret Herrick. When she saw the the trophy, this gold Oscar, which we can discuss in a bit, when she first saw that for the first time, she joked that it looked like her Uncle Oscar. Now, at that point, it sort of stuck and everybody called, like the trophy now had a name because it, it looks, it does look like a, well, it looks like a guy, doesn't it? And obviously everybody's gone up. There's Oscar. And um, it became like in the industry, everybody sort of started calling it the the Oscar. But then it wasn't until about 1939 that the Academy itself started to, um, you know, acknowledge that it was an Oscar. Uh, but you read you read the other one. There's another there's a, like another reason, isn't there? People say. Yeah, the, the other theory behind it is that there was a, a writer, a Hollywood columnist called Sidney Skolosky. And he used it in a piece when he was writing about something in a paper in 1934. And so he claims that he came up with the word. Um, but again, there's no real reason why he then started to, to call it an Oscar. There's no particular reason behind it. Yeah. Walt Disney accepted an award as well in one year in 1934 and remarked that the award was his little Oscar. But... They think that might be because within the industry, they were already calling it Oscar because of um, Margaret Herrick uh, calling yeah. it her uncle Oscar. Um, so, yeah, to summarise yeah, that, then, it's not really very clear. So the Oscars, no, nobody, we know this statue, but also, what it is, but what was it? We don't really know. In 2013, the Academy Awards, which is what they were called until then, they were officially rebranded at the Oscars. So, so the Academy 
even rebranded themselves as the Oscars. Their website is the Oscars. Yes. Like, <laughs> nobody knows why. <laughs> that's, that's not even them. It's just mental. That so they don't we, even know. And they call them. So should we now actually just, let's talk a little bit about this statuette then. So this thing that you came to my house in fancy dress as. So the Oscar, um, it, people know what it looks like. I'm sure people know, but we will post a picture of it as well. So an Oscar, it stands 13 and a half inches tall. It weighs around eight and a half pounds. And what it features is a knight holding a sword and he's standing on a film reel, which has five spokes. And the five spokes, they're the five original branches of the Academy, aren't they? Yeah, and we'll talk about branches of the Academy in a minute. I think, because that's a bit of a big deal. But originally they were actors, directors, producers, technicians, and writers. They considered them like the, you know, when they set up the Academy, they were the five major parts of, of a movie, yeah, um, of a film. So yeah, he's standing with his sword pointing down towards um, this, uh, this film reel. And it's not really changed, has it? It, it? The base the base has changed very slightly in size over the years, but inherently they've been the same for the best part of the last hundred years. They were designed by the chief art director at Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer at MGM. So remember, the, the head MGM guy set up the Academy Awards and obviously their chief art director, Cedric Gibbons, designed it. And it is... It, they're solid bronze plated in 24 karat gold, aren't they? I thought they'd be completely gold, but yeah. it turns out that is not the case. And their official name, so they were called the Oscar or the Oscars and people know them as the Oscars, but it was originally their official name that they were given was the Academy Award of Merit. That was what, what nice. you would then win and then you would win it for a particular branch. So the Academy Award of Merit for writing for acting whatever yeah. it might be yeah yep yep and they've given out 3140 of them uh over the last what are we on like 95 years or something nice. like that yeah did you read the bit about so i got this information from their website again um did you read the bit about a metal shortage in world war Two? <laughs> yes yeah they stopped making them out of metal didn't they yeah so we just said they're made of bronze and plated in 24 karat gold. But during World War II, because they ran out of metal, obviously, um, they were painted plaster. And following the war, the Academy invited recipients to redeem their plaster figures for um, the proper gold-plated ones. (laughs) So I thought that was quite funny. Nice. Who is it that's giving out these awards then? So So it's the Academy, but the Academy consists of what they call members. Okay, and at current count, the membership is like 9,000, essentially 10,000, 9,921. And they are members of the Academy. And they they essentially vote. They they make all of their votes internally um, for all the prizes. But it is quite interesting about being a member of the Academy and how you become one. So the Academy, we said a minute ago, has has, um, five branches originally. It's now got 17 branches. So they deem there to be 17 important parts of making a film. Uh, I'll just rattle off some actors, executives, makeup artists and hairstylists, music producers, sound, visual effects, etc. Yes. So you can join the Academy within one of those branches. So there are 10,000 or so within that 10,000. That is split into 17 different branches. And you can, you can join as long as somebody within the branch votes for you, right? As long as they vouch for you. 
Yeah. So you need to you need to achieve distinction in the mo- motion picture arts and sciences space. So you need to be pretty good at what you're doing in the first place in your respective fields yep. and meet meet some standards. But yeah, you then must also have two people who are already members vouch for you and saying, yep, I think this person should be inducted, included, um, added yep. into the, the membership of the academy. But it's not even as straightforward as that, is it? So once you've got these two people to say, yeah, I think that this person is good at what they do and I like them, like they've got good ethics and standards and all of that that goes with it. They've been distinctive in their field. They then take it to the governor of their branch and then it then has to go even higher up, doesn't it? Yeah, to the board of governors. And then eventually you might become a member of the academy for whatever branch it is you've decided to enter as cinematographer for example i don't know what that is by the way whatever a cinematographer is that's one of them <laughs> so if you're a really good cinema if i'm already a member for example and you're a really good cinematographer i might say right i want ollie to join the academy he's my vote this year somebody else would also have to vote you and then you'd have to hopefully pass everything but very interestingly that's not the only way to become a member is it you can become a member of the academy in a different way yeah you can fast track that process but i guess you've got to be good in other ways if you ever get nominated for an oscar then you automatically can then be a member of the the academy which makes sense yeah so so right so we've got all of these members right these members of the academy nearly ten thousand. it's growing every year they then nominate films each year in all of the different categories in the uh, in the Oscars, all the different awards that you hear of, they then nominate films. And we, as the public, we only ever find out the top five. But throughout the year, they are nominating all their films. But they can only nominate films or, uh, or awards within their branch. So if you are a cinematographer, you can only nominate people to win cinematography based awards goodness me that's hard to say i love it that you've picked an easy thing to talk about rather than just saying editor (laughs) well sound (laughs) so if you are a cinematographer and you're a member of the academy you can nominate films and people to win the oscars for that particular category yep and interestingly so you get some people who sort of like cross over so you get people like ben affleck he was an actor and then becomes a director or Brad Pitt was an actor, then becomes a producer, whatever you get added into the Academy as we, what you get inducted into the Academy as you have to stay in that branch. So you're only allowed to ever have one branch that you work within. So I'm only ever allowed to be a cinematographer, even if I become an actor, for example. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So all the votes go in earlier in the year. Then there's a, I think they're an accounting firm, aren't they? Price Waterhouse Coopers. They then tabulate all of the nominations and they get it down to the top five for all of the awards. Yeah. So what happens is around November, end of November time, Price Waterhouse Coopers, they send out to all of the members the eligible films that they can be voting on this year and within your branch. So hopefully you would have watched them and you know what, what it is that you're, you're talking about because this should be a field that you're passionate about. You then go back and you say what you think your, your top five is for each of the categories. Price Coopers they c- 
collate all of these and then figure out collectively what are the top five that will then get nominated. And that's then in January, that becomes public knowledge, doesn't it? That's where they have um, a bit of a mini ceremony saying these are the nominations for this year. Yeah, and just very briefly, Best Film has 10 nominations. It's the only, it's the separate one that it has more nominations, but yes. So they're then, in January, they release the top five, which which films or people um, have had the most votes from all of these different members of the Academy. These 10,000 people have all voted. They've got it to the top five. The top five are released to everybody. Then the whole list goes back to everybody in the Academy, and at that point, you now vote for your favourite. So as a cinematographer, I've now got a list of all of the awards and I can vote on any. All members are allowed to vote for the winner in any category, regardless of their branch. They're only allowed to nominate within their branch, but they can vote the winner on all of them. Yeah. Um, and then they, they basically collect the results. And that's essentially what it is. And PricewaterhouseCoopers keep it secret until the day. And that's it. There are only two people, apparently, within PricewaterhouseCoopers or PwC that know who the winner is. and so. Between them, the two of them, they'll write it down, they'll put it in the envelope. And then those famous words that Liam said at the very beginning, these are the five words that anyone within the the film and movie industry want to hear. They want to hear the words, the Oscar goes to Liam. Yeah, they swapped it from, they swapped it from and the winner is, it used to be and the winner is, and that, that felt too competitive. So it created too much sense of competition that they wanted to, to stop. So, yeah, so... There are some funny rules, though, aren't there, about like the eligibility of like even being able to nominate a film. There are certain rules about whether a film is even eligible to be nominated. These are absolutely sense? brilliant. These some of them are crazy, aren't they? God, read, read what you read to me earlier. Read me the really long bit about like the films that you read to me earlier. Yeah, some of these rules are absolutely mind blowing. A little bit funny the the nomination rules. So the one that I liked um, that jumped out at me pretty quickly was saying that the film was open in the previous calendar year. So from 1st of January to 31st of December and must be played in Los Angeles County in California and play for seven consecutive days to qualify. Yeah. You <laughs> me there? Yeah. And there, yeah, but there's another one, isn't there? Additionally, the film must have been shown at least three times on each of the qualifying run with at least one of the daily showings starting between 6pm and 10pm local time. That's pretty precise, isn't it? <laughs> it's super, super precise. So if, if the film has not done that, it is not eligible to be voted for. So when we're talking earlier about all the Academy members, these 10,000 members nominating films or nominating people for things, if the film has not ran last year for seven days, blah, 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 between six and ten, it's not eligible when it cannot win an Oscar. So one of the reasons that they do that apparently is to then stop people trying to make films that they really love that appeared many years ago. So if there's a film that didn't win an Oscar, but people think it should have won an Oscar, then, you know, there could be some sort of like groundswell where people say, oh, let's make sure that whatever this really good film was that got robbed ten years ago actually gets a chance this year. Well, it wouldn't be yeah. able to qualify. So that's partly the reason for that rule, but it is really specific. Yeah, there's, there are some other ones. Um, best foreign film must include English subtitles. Uh, the country from which it comes can only submit one film 
each year. Um, the foreign right. films, there's some slightly random rules about foreign films, aren't there? Uh, the film's got to be at least 40 minutes long, unless it's going for the short film award. At least 40 minutes long. That's, uh, I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, did you read the one about documentary feature? Has to be released in Los Angeles and New York. Yep. What? Why is that? <laughs> and, and it has to be reviewed in either the New York Times, Time Out New York, Los Angeles Times, or the LA Weekly. Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> There are some other there are some other really specific rules around it must exist on either a 35 millimeter or a seven millimeter film print, be in certain frames per second, and all this. Yeah, there's there's quite a lot of criteria that people need to to meet for a film to actually get included. Do you think they're ever making a film and they're like, should we do it in 35 millimeter or 40 millimeter? And then somebody goes, Well, we can't win an Oscar if it's not in 35. Well, we're gonna have to like is that even a debate? Like, like, look, mate, I've cut this as a cinematographer. I don't know if this is what they do. Maybe probably editor. I've cut this down to 39 minutes. Now, nah, mate, got to be at least 40. I so ain't going to get an Oscar. So they just yeah, bang yeah, a yeah. minute of subtitle of uh, credits <laughs> in or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it must, must be in the back of people's minds. I suppose these, these rules will be more well known if you're within the industry. But yeah, there are some super specific rules. Uh, for example, the one around the international film, it doesn't have to have been shown in the US, but okay, yeah, it um, needs to be submitted as the official film for that country. Well, I mean, we have a lot to talk about, so it's not that we've missed this on purpose. We haven't actually mentioned what the awards are. Do you want me to reel off a few of the awards? There are 23 awards this year, 23 Oscars being given out. Um, do you want me to rattle off some of them? Yeah, I mean, we've heard most some of the big ones. Obviously, we've got the big ones actor, actress, leading, and supporting roles, best film, obviously. Um, best director they're sort of the ones we film but you know they're awards for film editing makeup and hairstyling production design visual effects writing short animated films short live action film music like original song music original score you know i don't know what some of this stuff is i think is is, do you think the original score is like background music for like the whole film and then song is like a song from moana or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's um, it tends to be like the Bond films and that they tend to win like the best original song. I'm pretty sure Adele won an Oscar. I might have got that completely wrong. Someone correct me if uh, if, if I did get that wrong. She might have won an Oscar for her soundtrack. Eminem did, didn't he? He won one for Eight Mile for Lose Yourself. Oh yeah, yeah, good one. But there, there are categories Formless, that had right? to have yeah, been well. included over the years that obviously didn't exist. So we were saying at the time when they originally came out, there were five categories, but animated films didn't exist back then. So they didn't come around until 2001. And the film that won the first animated feature film, do you know which one that was? I think it was Shrek in yes. my research. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Shrek was yep. the one that first won that award. And it sort of came oh, off the back yeah, of like Pixar being set up and... A whole new, you know, a whole new um, genre of films coming out. Um, we both said when we were going to do Oscars, we there is some controversy, isn't there? I guess around the Oscars a little bit, and actually one of them comes off the back of this quite nicely. So there are twenty three awards this year, and you can go onto the Oscars, you can see them all, right? They're all over the the news. You can find them, no problems. But they've already announced that eight of them are not going to be shown during the televised broadcast, like to save time, I think. Um, so, you know, if, you, if you're 
best film editing, production design, animated short, best sound. They're just some of the awards that are not going to be on the telly. Um, You'd be a bit gutted, wouldn't you? Yeah, I I read, I read, um, I, I don't know who the article was, and, and I, <laughs> it's going to sound really vague. I don't know who it was either. But they were talking to someone who's up for one of these awards, like one of the five nominees for whichever one of these it is. And they, you know, are you sad about it or gutted about it or whatever? Because they had some like pre-awards luncheon yesterday or, or okay. earlier in the week. And um, they were saying, look, we've said our piece. Obviously, we're not happy about it, but here's what it is. Time to party. So, you know, we're up for an Oscar. So I don't know. You know, you're not on the telly. Yes, but also you are up for an Oscar. So maybe it's sort of like no, you're happy anyway. But as you say, it's it's partly down to them just wanting to cut the length of the ceremony. I think it was about five years ago. It went on four and a half hours and it was a yeah, long old ceremony. Um, so that's one of the controversies. More more wide known is maybe back in 2016 that there was a whole load of controversy that we then ended up with the trending on Twitter, the hashtag Oscars so white. And it was because for two years running all of the nominees for the acting awards. So best actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, all of those people for two years running were white and just massively misrepresenting what the whole industry was about. They then delved into it in a bit more detail. And we mentioned the nearly 10,000 members that they've got now, but going back to 2016, it was a lot less, thousands and thousands less and they realized that the makeup of those people were white. 94% of the people were white. 77% of those people were male. And their median age was 62. Yeah. Yeah, it's not representative, is it, or diverse. There's some other fact, like, since the awards began, only 6.4% of nominees have been non-white. Um, and it's it's gone up to 11.2% since 1991. But you know, that's not great. So what they're trying to do is that lately they've been asking people to become members and they've been trying to get them so they are more diverse. So they announce the new members every year. Um, so 2020, for example, they had 819 new members of the academy, of which 36% were people of colour and 45% were women. So they're trying to sort of, you know, these 10,000 people who are essentially doing all the voting, they need them to be more representative of real life, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it took until 2010 for the first female director to be awarded, which was Catherine Biglow. She directed the the Iraq war thriller, which was The Hurt Locker. And yeah, yeah, it took until 2010, which, yeah, sounds mind boggling now. Yeah, so, and that was the year like Will Smith and uh, Will and Jada Smith and Spike Lee, they didn't go to the awards, did they? They boycotted it, essentially. Yeah. But I think they're trying to they're trying to change it, so we, we shall see. Because there's another thing about marketing. Did you, did you read the bit about, like, how influenced are the Oscars by marketing? Because, you know, if your film is all over the place, if these 10,000 people, you know, see your film promoted everywhere, do they sort of Darren Brown automatically? Yeah. Like... Non vote for that one when it comes out like here are the top five best films of the 10 best films of the year and you you've seen one of them everywhere you do you automatically go oh that must be good yeah so they the they tried to put some sort of limit on the amount that film studios could put towards like campaigning for their film to win an oscar 
because it, it all adds up. So what happens is their films get shown all around the world in smaller film festivals and people within the industry then get to see it. But what they then might also do is they'd send the actors there as well and they'd do some press and they would then talk to people. They'd then turn up at some events. They'd be a speaker. They'd talk about it. That all starts totting up like in terms of money and, and people can end up spending millions on just the promotion and just being front and centre in the minds of the people in the industry who would then actually then go on and vote. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. That. Yeah, you know, you, you see it sometimes, don't you? you? See actors on, you know, one chat show over here, but then on social media, they also seem to be on a chat show with James Corden in America, like the next day. Like, that's like a twelve-hour flight away. How have they managed? You know, yeah. what must their life be like to be all over the place? And then they're doing a press junket for something else. And yeah, like you said, um, similarly, I was reading about whether the Oscars, whether they're swayed by other awards, because quite often, you know, the Golden Globes will come out or, or something like that will come out before um, or the BAFTAs over in England. And does you win in one of those awards automatically help you to win an Oscar and things? Yes. Which I thought so, was quite interesting. So I was reading that they never actually get revealed these numbers that the studios spend on it. But in 2019, Netflix, they had, they had five or six big films that they were hoping to win in multiple categories. And it's estimated that they spent around $50 million in campaigning to try and have those films end up winning. And they did win. They, wow. they, they won quite a few of the awards, but it's almost, I don't know, I, I was trying to think of a comparison. It's almost like people going for president or people trying to campaign to be ahead of something. If you've got a load of dollars behind you, you can be front and centre in front of people and have a bit more influence on what happens. But there's also, the, isn't there a thing where people then they design films they come up with films or the time that they release them in the year is like really specific as it, well it's called oscar bait I, 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 when i said i didn't know stuff i've heard this you know a film comes out oh that's blatantly oscar bait so it'll come out at like late in the year so that they remember the film and it will typically be um you know like a drama film or a, or a big budget epic cast extravaganza sort of thing um, or or a true story and it'll be really emotional, you know, that sort of thing, you know, like a sci-fi film and a Western, uh, you know, they're, they're unlike, I mean, it doesn't mean they won't, but they're unlikely to, to be yeah. an Oscar film. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I was, to, I was, to win I was then looking at why do people then even want to win them? And it's, it's, it's cause it's such a big deal. So Hollywood and the whole film industry is, is like any other business. It's driven by a lot of money and ego and everybody in the film business is looking for their next job. And so by winning an yeah. Oscar, it can really open up other job opportunities or it can boost your salary, you know, make Absolutely. you then get new, um, new parts in new films. And then the, the studios it then looks good for them as well. So them saying, oh, we've, you know, we've won this many Oscars. We're obviously the best at what we do. They can then try and get top talent to then come and work for their studio. And it's almost like that self-fulfilling prophecy. It's a positive feedback loop. The more Oscars you win, the more you then probably will win because you've then attracted the best people to come and then yeah. work with you. Yeah. Some, I was reading that some film companies rely on the Oscar, like the bump that happens after the fact. So obviously they've already announced the films that are going to win or that are nominated for awards this year. Now, some of those films have, have essentially been and gone from the cinema. But as soon as they've got loads of Oscar nominations, you'll find that they're all back in the cinema again. 
Yeah. Because, you know, suddenly now people, oh, what's this film's got nine Oscars nominated? I never even heard of it. Oh, I'll go and see that. And they get that bump from it. And, you know, they rely on it to get more money. So it's worth them banging all this um, money at it in the first place. Just very quickly, though, you mentioned the bit about Netflix there. They've kept their rules the same, the Oscars at the minute, regarding films must be released in Los Angeles for a week, three days a week, blah, 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 blah. Yes. Um, it, it's still true. So, what, you know, if Netflix release a film and they want it, it, it has to at least come out for a week. Um, yes. Yeah. But yeah, you know, yeah. we're over in England. We're never even going to know it was at the cinema. You know, we just, they, they, you know, for all we know, they put it in the, in a tiny little cinema where nobody, you know, just so they don't have to spend any money doing so. Or, yeah, a, say, mo- oh, yeah. a movie theatre for our American listeners. Yeah, movie movie theatre. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we're at the movies today. <laughs> um, you were telling me about the red carpet. What what was your red carpet fact? So I quite liked it. That, that the red, well, the red carpet is enormous. Like you talk about people going to the Oscars, it's all the glitz and glam, people on the red carpet, what are you wearing? You've got all the press and everything that are there and it's, it's, a, it's a really big deal. So the, the carpet, it's, it's actually its own colour. It's called Academy Red. And it's reportedly, it's, it's more like burgundy than, a, than an actual red carpet. It's absolutely massive. So it's 50,000 square feet, which um, is enormous. But this is the thing that got me with it, that it's never reused. So it's made by a company in Georgia called Sign- Signature Systems. And it's only ever used once. <laughs> and then what they do, each carpet is then destroyed after the awards show um, but nobody knows how it's a bit of a trade secret how they then get rid of it and what they do with it do you think the people that work at that company have all got red carpets in their living rooms <laughs> guaranteed guaranteed they've all got an offcut sitting down their hallway or something i reckon what happened was the, the salespeople at signature systems said to them you know what you don't want to be reusing your carpet you need to make another one every year rather than just putting it in storage probably best yeah. you want a nice fancy new one every year and they just sell a new carpet enormous carpet every year it takes 900 oh. man hours for it to be made and it takes 18 people just to set it up and to lay it lay it down it's enormous or they don't even make a new one they take the old one wash it get a Karsha <laughs> carpet cleaner give it a little wash up and then just sell it back to them again doesn't actually ever yeah, get destroyed I, but you just believe yeah. it does 93 years worth of awards or whatever it is just keep keep selling the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> there are tons of little facts and trivia about the Oscars, though. So, I, should we just reel some off? Because I think you know we'd be remiss not to at least mention some of like the the most awarded films and things yeah. like that. So just yeah, let's go straight there then. So, the most awarded films or the most nominated films, three films have, have picked up fourteen nominations before in one award ceremony. All about Eve titanic and la la land so they won so bearing in mind we said there's 23 awards they've got been nominated for 14 of them and then three films have also won 11 oscars at the same award ceremony ben-hur titanic and lord of the rings return of the king oh wow they are the most awarded movie 11 awards they won so just talking about the the hurt locker um from earlier so the hurt hurt locker it won won an oscar but it's the lowest grossing film ever to win an Oscar. So it's estimated that it only earned $21 million at the box office. And that's less than 2% of 
of what its competitor that year, Avatar, made in ticket sales in the same year. So it made 2% of what Avatar made, but it then went on and won the Oscar. So it just goes to show it wasn't the most popular, but it still ended up winning. And um, Catherine Bigelow, who won the Oscar for The Hurt, Hurt Locker, who directed it, James Cameron directed Avatar. That was her ex-husband. Yes. So <laughs> did you read that fact? That's interesting, to, you know. What about, like, people who've been, who, who've won awards and things? Meryl Streep's been nominated for 21 Academy Awards, winning three Best Actress Oscars. So imagine three times she's been the Best Actress. Jack Nicholson is the most nominated male actor. He's received 12 Oscar nominations. Um, he's won three times. Uh, which puts him level with Daniel Day-Lewis and Walt, somebody called Walter Brennan. Okay. I've got one here for you. This this could come up in some pub trivia. So the record for the shortest acceptance speech was by Alfred Hitchcock and by someone else called William Holden. And they both went up and simply just said, thank you. And just walked off. That's what they did. So what, what also used to happen is they used to have some really long acceptance speeches that somebody went on and spoke for like four or five minutes so what they do now is to stop that happening after 45 seconds the orchestra just kicks in and just cuts over anyone who's still talking and saying thank you yeah yeah the music's on okay well here's a good one then somebody called beatrice straight she won the best supporting actress for a film called network which is nuts because she only was on screen for five minutes and two seconds of the film. <laughs> so imagine that. Like, how long's a film? Like, hour and a half, two hours or something? She's on screen for five minutes and they've gone, she's amazing. Best supporting actress. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I like that. That's anyway, really good. Anyway, as you say, yeah, there's, there's loads, of, loads of facts. So go on. Do you want to say, is there one other one that's maybe jumping out and then we can get into our two guys, one topic takeaway? Yeah, okay. Um, what about the youngest Oscar winner? Somebody called Tatum O'Neill. She won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. She was 10 years old. Oh, wow. Okay. Other end of the scale, Christopher Plummer won Best Supporting Actor for a film called Beginners, and he was 82. So nice. 82 and 10 are the, uh, like the range of ages. I like that. No, that's really good. And I'll, I'll just um, finish on one then more about just going back to what they, what they then do for announcing the winners and just saying that there's only two people who know who've won, who put the name then in an envelope. What you do is you win your Oscar, but backstage they've already engraved all the possible names that could have won the Oscar that year. And then they then attach it to your statue. So it's... Okay. So it's then personalised for you and it actually says your name, what you've won it for in the year. So, yeah, but just to, to make sure they've, they've got every base covered, um, there's a yeah, special room afterwards where you can then get your, your name plaque attached to it. All right. So shall I go with my takeaway then? Although it just sounds like another fact because there's so many facts about this, but I think this one's quite interesting. We talked about people who've won lots of awards and things and been nominated for lots of awards, but there is a person who's been nominated for absolutely boatloads, way more than everybody else. Okay. Walt Disney. Walt Disney is your man. Okay. Walt Disney was nominated 59 times. Wow. Now, this is not as an actor, though. 
these are all for all the other like for short films and animated films and things like that and he won 22 oscars in his time uh and he was nominated every year between 1942 and 1963 oh wow i mean they're banging out films to keep getting nominated as well remember that's like one a year they got to have a film that's nice. So it's Walt, yeah. Walt Disney. Walt Disney has the most Oscars. I suppose, I don't know, not to put him down, but there might not have been much competition back there, might there? Yeah, he holds the record for the longest winning streak. He actually won 10, award, um, he won 10 awards in eight years, between 31 and 39. But yeah, yeah. so what you're saying is films before like nine, 1999 or something don't count because... <laughs> There's no competition. <laughs> well, yeah, you imagine someone trying to do that nowadays. There's so much competition. I, I don't know. But yeah, so so Walt Disney holds the most. Nice. Yeah. Go on, then, what's yours? So my two guys, one topic takeaway is, again, coming back to the Oscar statue. And it's the ownership of it. And this blew my mind when I found this out. So what happens when you win an Oscar, you get given the Oscar, you also get given a contract. Obviously, that doesn't happen up on stage. In the contract that you sign, it says that if you ever decide that you don't want to have your statue, you have to sell it back to the Academy for $1. (laughs) So so prior to 1950, people were able to just take their statues, but they then decided that they wanted a way to stop people from selling them on um, because some some auctions have gone on previously and like six figure sums had then ended up buying some of the, um, the Oscars and the Oscars didn't like this. The Academy didn't like it. So you win your Oscar, you sign a contract and you say, if I ever want to get rid of it, you will have it back for $1. Nice. That's nuts. That's and that, bring, yeah. that brings us nicely to wrapping up um, our topic on the Oscars. Liam, prior to this, could you have had half a conversation about the actual Oscars? So not talking about films, but could you have had a conversation about the Oscars, how it's voted for, and just everything that goes behind it? No, but I now absolutely could. I know about the membership. I know you become a member, that there are branches, how you nominate, um, how the awards are, you know, yes, essentially. I think I could, and hopefully everybody listening can as well. Yeah, yeah, really good. Really interesting this week and looking forward to, in a, in a couple of weeks' time, have you seen any of the films that are being nominated this year for best film? Have you seen the film called The Power of the Dog? Nope. Apparently that's the bookie's favourite. Belfast? No, no idea. Nope. Coda? I've been to the cinema. I don't think I've been to the cinema in two years. West Side Story? Nope, 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 and nope, and nope. <laughs> so for anybody <laughs> listening, when, um, yeah, when they come out in a couple of weeks' time, hopefully you'll have a little bit more knowledge and you'll be able to talk about the Oscars. But we have got something which I've been really looking forward to, and that is to find out what we're going to be talking about next week, which is our traditional, we've got our next three episodes, which is Liam's topic, Ollie's topic, and then listener choice. So yeah, people start getting in contact with us. Let us know what you want your listener choice to be. But for everyone out there, Liam, let us know what is our topic going to be for next week. This is exciting, isn't it? It's nerve wracking as well in case I get it wrong. Okay. So I'm going to tell you the topic. I haven't actually nailed down what the the name of the episode will be because it might change as we research. But we are going to research next week all about magic. (laughs) Okay. Magic circle and magicians and 
witches i don't know if witches will come into it but basically like magic and the magic circle and magicians and that's what i wanted to learn about so that's what we are going to learn about all right no i like that magic in the magic circle sounds like a really good topic yeah hopefully so everybody that'll be next week so spoiler alert you already know what's coming hopefully you've enjoyed listening to and learning about the oscars and that you can go out there and um share some of that knowledge with people if you've got any comments or questions or anything you'd like to know please let us know on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Two Guys One Topic. Otherwise, we will be back next week. Abracadabra. Get out there and share some Oscar knowledge. <laughs>